Welcome to the Encounter YA podcast, helping young adults follow Jesus. Here's your host, Garrett Cars. Hey, Encounter family, welcome to episode five. Today on the Encounter YA podcast, we have Foster Christie, who's an itinerant preacher and a former college football player who played for the University of Auburn. We hope that you will love today's podcast as we talk about common lies we believe, God's forgiveness, and intimacy with God. We truly believe that today's podcast will help you in your journey in following Jesus. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Our guest today is Foster Christie. I, he was speaking at Encounter with us recently at the time of this recording and just have a great time. And so welcome to the show, uh, Foster. Yeah, thanks, Garrett. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be here and just to be with you and, and again, to see your leadership team uh, do what they do and, and just do some incredible ministry with uh, the college students that come to Encounter on Wednesday night. And uh, it's for me, uh, the Encounter event is always just a, a highlight just because there's always such an incredible, uh, just an incredible movement of the spirit and just uh, an incredible spirit when you're speaking. And, uh, you know, some places you go and it's just it's like wading through concrete but uh, when you're speaking. But here it's just, it's actually, it's really easy, honestly, and it's just an enjoyable place to come to preach and, uh, and to do ministry. It really is. Thank you. I appreciate that. We love having you here. And I know that our um, young adults that, you know, got to experience um, you coming here always love it. And he, he gets to spend a few days with us. And that's one of his things that he loves to come out and just spend time with people. And we love that about you. And so thanks you for spending some time with us as a ministry, but also some time on the podcast. And we kind of gearing this uh, podcast towards young adults and so the kind of the first thing that we always like to ask our guests is if you were speaking to young adults about following Jesus, kind of what is that one thing or the main thing that you would say to them? Yeah, um, and obviously there's multiple things you could say, but one of the key things, key elements that I would try to get across to the young people today is our culture is so emotional, emotion-driven as opposed to truth. And I would just encourage young people to focus on the truth, the truth of obviously who uh, Jesus is, uh, the truth about uh, what the scripture says, uh, who they are, their own identity. And because, you know, we're all uh, products of our past, but a lot of people, because they believe lies, become prisoners of their past. And so I would just really encourage them to focus on the truth of the gospel, the truth of just the truth of Scripture and the truth of of who Jesus Christ is uh, and what the Scripture says he is, who he is, and what the Scripture says about them. Yeah. You know, that, that would be the one thing I would say because we just believe so many lies about ourselves. Yeah, and there's so many lies are perpetuated about um, who we are. Yeah, yeah. Do you? I mean, and this is kind of just out there a little bit, but is there some lies that you feel like as you do ministry around the country that hey, here's the number one lie, or here's, uh, you know, here's one lie or two lies that I just see constantly. I'm dealing with people. Seems like you know that I'm continually yeah. having conversations with 
people about the same thing? Yeah, and a good question. I think one of the major things that I see with with young men and women is that um, we just don't measure up. In essence, there's not I cannot ever do enough. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. To so that Jesus will love me or be okay with me and and I just and honestly it's 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 me as a Christian trying to live in essence like an old covenant Jew instead of a new covenant believer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Can you um, go in depth? That's actually one of the questions that we had kind of later on in the podcast. Right, right. And so I'd love for you to dive into um, what that looks like in terms of I, there might be a lot of listeners that even just right. Old Covenant Jew. Yeah. I, I just Would yeah. you take us there with you? Uh, let's go into depth about, hey, what does that look like? What does it mean? And, and then kind of just flesh that right. out for us. Right. And, and, you know, when you look at the Old, Old Testament, everything in the Old Testament is, was a foreshadowing of what was to come. And, and it all pointed towards Jesus. And so, uh, so often, when I say Old Covenant Jew, you had the law, which was established by God, and Paul says in, in Romans that the law is spiritual. It's, it's, it's a good thing. Right. But, you know, um, we, we get in this performance-oriented mentality of, okay, if I can just do enough. See, the Old Covenant Jew... The scripture, you know, God never intended for the blood of bulls and goats to totally satisfy, the scripture says, our sin. To totally do away with sin. The old covenant Jew could never, the scripture said, could never be totally, completely forgiven internally. Wow. And so it would be like, okay, here's the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, we... The high priest confesses all of our sin, and then we start all over again. And we're never, we're never quite there. We're never totally forgiven. Yeah. And so we just go through all these year, this year, and we're sinning, we're sinning, we're sinning, and then we just come back to Yom Kippur, yeah. never totally forgiven. Mm. And we live our lives, I think a lot of Christians, live. we live our lives in that manner. Wow. Like, okay, I sinned, what can I do? To, to come back. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. To get back, okay, now I have to read my Bible more, I have to pray harder, I have to go share Christ with the people to get back where I was. I, I can remember in my own life. forgiveness. Yes, to earn my forgiveness. I can remember that I would literally, when I was in college as a relatively new believer, just say, golly, I messed up, I sinned here. I have to read my Bible so I can just emotionally get back to that level where I was before, you know? And and it's just all oriented around performance. Whereas the new covenant, Jesus said all throughout the book of Hebrews, he is better. He's better than Moses. He's better than the angels. He's better than the law. It was better, 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 better. Mm-hmm. And the new covenant, it's, it's like, remember the, um, uh, the miracle, turn the water into wine. And I was just focused on, well, he turned the water to wine. Well, it was symbolic of the old, you know, because they used water for all kinds of cleansings and washings and all that kind of thing. 
right? Yeah. But when, they, when he turned the water into wine, it was symbolic of we're moving away from the old covenant of all these symbolic external washings and cleansings to what? My blood. My forgiveness. The forgiveness of Christ, which Hebrews tells us is once for all, past, present, and future, once for all, and we're moving into this new covenant of Jesus' blood, His grace, the Holy Spirit, His forgiveness. Does that, does that kind of make sense there? Yeah. And, and there's a lot more I could say, but that's kind sure. of in a nutshell. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you would say, kind of going back to that lie question, you would say one of the, one of the big lies that we're believing right now is that we're not forgiven. We have to earn our own forgiveness. That's the way you would flesh out kind of what we just said. That's that. See, a lot of times it seems that's the way we live. Yeah. Yes. And here's here's this, here's something about forgiveness. If if I really believe the truth that I'm forgiven, past, present, and future to infi- based <laughs> to infinity and beyond. Yeah. Then, okay, what if I cuss you out and I go outside and I get run over, but I didn't confess my sin. Yeah. Or what if in my confession, I forget some? I can't remember all my sins. Or what if I'm insincere in my confessing my sin? Right. And, you know, I think, I don't know about you guys, but, I, you know, at some point early as a believer, it's like, okay, God, I can't remember all my sin, so I'm just going to throw them all in here together because <laughs> you're God, you remember them all. Yeah. And here they are. Right. So what do I do? Yeah. You know? Well, I rely on the truth that Christ died once for all for my sin to infinity and beyond. Yeah. Okay? And I'm forgiven. I walk in that forgiveness. Now, it doesn't mean I don't confess. Right. But here's, here's something. I, yeah, confess my sin one to another so that I may be healed. Yeah. But uh, I'm already forgiven. Okay, does that make sense? And and I don't I don't really attach Christ's forgiveness to that confession, but I'm just really exposing it to the light from the darkness, and I'm just confessing it, exposing it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh, because I'm already forgiven, right. doesn't mean I, I'm reckless in my sinning. Because that's that's kind of like okay, grace. I'm not going to be reckless because God gives me right. grace. Right. And that's what Paul talks about when yes. he's right. saying, should we go on? Romans 6 right. 1. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, and there was a teaching that said, okay, if God's going to give us a boatload of grace, use it. Yes, absolutely. Then I'm just going to do a boatload of sin. And Paul in <laughs> Romans 6 1 says, may it never be. And, and he says that there in, in Romans uh, chapter 6, that, um, or maybe the, the latter part of, of chapter 5, that sin no longer has the authority, all because of Christ again, no longer has the authority over us that it once had. Right. You know? And, and so uh, grace doesn't give me uh, a license to be reckless, but it gives me a liberty to walk in the freedom that, that Jesus has provided. You know? So. Yeah, that's good. Kind of. Just something that I was thinking about as we've been talking, going back to what you first said about one of the main things that you would tell people is saying, hey, just kind of find out the truth. And and we live in an emotional, emotionally driven, you know, uh, Western yeah, <laughs> world. Right, right. 
what would be just a, a real practical handle, real pr- practical uh, first step? Because I think, I think that we, it's good for us to say that, but I don't know that we've, we've grown up in the world of emotions. Right. And so how do we take that? How do we wade through the yeah. depth of that? And, and yeah. also not take it as far and say, you can't have emotions. You can't right. feel anything. Because I think a lot of us, we've separated those two things, truth and emotions, as they're completely different yeah, from one that, another. And yes. they're not. They're not right. always. And, and, and we will take our emotions too far where it's outside of mm-hmm. truth. But is there something where you could say, hey, here or maybe, Annika, you could talk to this as well. Mm-hmm. But just hey, hey, there's maybe something that's helped me kind of figure out one of those steps towards saying, hey, here's where I can find the truth. Here's where I can separate emotionalism out out, out of Christianity. Is there anything that you would say to that? Um, Annika, you want to address that, and then I'll sure. jump on your coattails sure. with that. Um, kind of, I'm a emotional person. I am in touch with my emotions, and I really want to use my emotions for glory. And I think that perspective helps wow. me be able to um, be at peace with my emotions. Something that my my dad always grew up telling us was that your emotions are good to have. And, and that right. revelation of God didn't accidentally give us emotions. Um, <laughs> we didn't just stumble upon them ourselves. Right. And so if God gave it to us, then there must be a way to use it for his glory. Wow. And being able to, to use emotions as a thing that we also submit to God and, and let his truth be um, above what our emotions are telling us or align them with the truth then allows me to use my emotions as purpose and as glory for God instead of feeling like, my emotions take precedent over the truth of yeah, God that's because really good. Yeah. otherwise we end up, we end up fighting and we're always going to be at war with ourselves of, do I want to listen to my emotions today or do I want to listen to God when in truth they can be in submission to God and they can direct you towards him yeah. in truth. Yeah. So. And, and Annika, that's, it's a perfect segue to, to what I was going to say. Um, and, and you've, uh, when you came out to the experience at our at the Ministry of Forge uh, a few years ago, was it last year or two years? Two, two, two years yep. ago. We talked exactly about this very thing, yeah. and it's called being filled. The Scripture calls it being filled with the Spirit. Yes. You know, we did the teaching in regard to the Holy Spirit, and uh, Ephesians five tells us, "Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit." And uh, the focus is not on alcohol per se, but the focus is on that. Uh, filled word, right? It's a it's a control word. It's 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 saying don't let alcohol control you, let the spirit of God control you. Or in other words, don't let the lies that perpetuate our culture control you, whatever those may be. You fill in the blank for that, but let the spirit of God control you. It's literally saying, allow the spirit of God to intoxicate you. You know, and here's a guy word: allow the spirit of God to dominate. And and rule, yes, have your emotions, right? But but the spirit is in control of those emotions in given situations where you feel those emotions start to like a volcano just right. erupt. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it's just Lord, Holy Spirit, help me, fill yeah. me, control me. 
Absolutely. You know, I mean, you literally just, like what you're describing, surrender in a given situation to the Spirit's leadership in your life, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and so that's, it's, it's not, you know, we, I think as Christians sometimes we'll say, God, take this away from me. Yeah. As opposed to, God, I want to surrender this to you. It's not really meant to be taken away. Yes. It's just, it's, it's learning to allow the Spirit to control my will. Yeah. In the situation, whatever it may be. Right. right. You know, yeah, not just it, so much it, take it away from It goes from right it. back to what kind of Paul talks about with a thorn in the flesh. Yeah. Hey, right. take this away, take this yes. away, take this away. Never did. And then he just brought it under submission to the Holy Spirit and whatever that was for Paul or whatever, but it's the same thing. And yeah. and and that, you know, I don't think that was a selfish prayer with Paul. Right. But, but he's honest, saying, yeah, honest hey, yeah, I don't really want to deal with this. Right. And I think a lot of us, that's what we we don't want to deal with our emotions or we don't want to deal with these lies or we just and and we'd much rather have that easy Christianity where, hey, just take it away so I don't have to do the hard work of submitting to the Holy Spirit. Right. 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 And and actually, you know, I uh, and I've, I've heard this, that, you know, when the people were coming out of Egypt, they probably could have made it to the promised land in, in just a matter of weeks. Literally. Right. You know, but God took them the long way around. And there was there's many reasons for that. But I think one of those reasons uh, is that there were things he wanted to work into them and extract out of them. But it could only come through this long way around. Yeah. And I think oftentimes in our own lives, you know, we want to pull up to the fast food Christian window. Give me my bag of verses that applies to my situation so I can move on to the next thing. You know, and just real quick. Right. And it's not. Sometimes it occurs that way, but I think more often than not, it's that long way around that God wants to take us because it just the Christian life. I'm I'm learning still Oftentimes, it's long, it's slow, and it's hard. Extremely rewarding. But the things God wants to work into us, it just doesn't come quickly. Right. The root system uh, takes years and years to be developed oftentimes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, my mom loves to tell the story about um, just kind of going along with what you're, t- what you're talking about. Is there used to be this tree that was kind of close to our house, and it was it was actually growing up right next to a, a irrigation well. Mm-hmm. So they used to pump out water to to water all the crops. Well, this irrigation well was really old, and it leaked all the time. And so the tree just grew up so fast. It grew up. It is beautiful, and all these. It was just, it, but it was so crazy how fast that this tree grew. And she said that there was this monster storm that came through one day. And next thing we know, this tree's fallen over. And she said, we, you know, we went to go pick it up. And it, the craziest thing was is that it didn't have any roots that went deep mm. because the water was right there on the surface that it just grew flat roots, clear out, clear wide. And it was a lot of roots, but it never went down. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about. That's a picture of the Christian life right. is that a lot of times we go a mile wide and an inch right. deep. But then we come up against circumstances or, or just like the Israelites at the Red Sea, and we're going, wait a minute, and God's really trying to grow roots in us that are deeper for us to withstand the storms that are coming. Is right. exactly what uh, Jesus talks about in Matthew 7 with the wise and the foolish builders. And, and so just keeping that in perspective, I think, will help us 
wither and and go through weather the storms that that come about but and it's just going to take time yeah and i you, you hit it on a word there uh perspective and uh, i heard a guy say that your perspective will determine your doubt mm. and oftentimes when we're not based on truth our perspective is going to be so skewed right that because it's it's based on lies and falsehoods and, and just circumstances circumstances feelings whatever apart from the truth of, of scripture and and who and jesus that we we get into that mile wide you know just the the lack of depth and and uh, we just we're focusing on us and emotions and not not the truth and uh, our perspective gets skewed and we and we just we drift yeah you know spiritually yeah that's good so the next question we have for you is um, one of the things that you talk a lot about and and just kind of forged in the ministry um, is really kind of a backbone of that ministry is just intimacy with God. And so we just had this question, like, how important is intimacy with God? And I think it's kind of even maybe a Christian word we kind of use, you know, and right. so just give us a, some perspective about intimacy with God and its importance in our walk with Him. Yeah, I... Um... My perspective uh, was really changed in regard to intimacy uh, December 13th, 1988, uh, when the doctor looked at me and he said, son, uh, you've got a malignant tumor. Yeah. Uh, wow. And he, you know, he didn't say the C word, didn't say cancer. He just said malignant tumor. He said, we've got to get that out of there. And I said, when? He goes, how about tomorrow? Hmm. So December 14th, I had a cancerous tumor removed and uh, don't want to do it again. But, but besides becoming a believer in Christ, that was one of the greatest things in a positive way to ever happen to me. Yeah. Because it helped me to realize that so much of uh, my pursuit, what I thought was a pursuit of Christ, was an emphasis on a pursuit of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I was missing the person of Jesus, uh, even though I was doing all the right things. Uh, and there's, you know, which are good things, you know, reading my Bible, spending some time uh, in in prayer. But but there was uh, the the real pursuit, and those are all conduits to moving me to my pursuit of Christ. But my heart was such that it was it was just uh, the relationship aspect of that pursuit was was waning, and it was more of a, a sense of duty and discipline. Two good words, not bad words, but that was the focus. And and I think the the intimacy when when I begin to realize that duty and discipline are good, good words, but at some point motivationally in my heart, my mind, my will and emotions, I begin to move away from that more consistently away from duty and discipline, more to delight and desire. Yeah. You know? I'm not going to do that 100% of the time, and God's grace is right up in the middle of that and in all that, but I think uh, the, the intimacy comes when I start understanding that this is relationship with my Savior, a love relationship with, with Jesus. And, you know, uh, as guys, we don't do that real well. You know, you go into a restaurant or, uh, oftentimes and are going to Panera Bread, you'll see 10 women around a table, just, blah, 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 you know, just, you don't see guys doing that, you know, because women are just, it seems like, are more relationally oriented than us guys, right. you know, mm -hmm. 
Hanukkah and and but I think as guys it's 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 more of not because we're less spiritual but just um, more of a challenge and and I and through the first cancer Garrett God just one of the things he taught me in this context of relationship and intimacy was I want the secret place of your heart because if I've got that I've got you and it just it just kind of unpacked and just expanded okay this is this is really about a, a relationship not performance and and that was the road that God began to put me on in this truth about this five letter word that starts with G G R A C E of and um uh, it's been incredible uh but intimacy i i think a huge part of intimacy is de- developing the discipline of being still and listening you know in our world we got we've got billboards we got our, we're addicted to our cell phones and I mean, some people might as well just like staple them to their forehead, kind of thing. And he's saying, "I want you just to be still, and I want you to listen. Learn to listen. Put everything away, and just be still. Fit literally, physically, and listen. And that's one of the greatest challenges, I think, not only in our culture, but just for any believer, is to be still and listen, and uh, to help just." Uh, establish a greater intimacy with Jesus, you know, and hear what he might have to say to us by listening. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's fantastic because the word intimacy, I think is scary for both men and women because it's easy for women to be relational, but we tend to depict intimacy as man and woman together relationship and marriage. And instead of finding the intimacy and friendship and and what that intimate moment sharing each other's burdens can create intimacy. We don't really create intimacy with our relationships. We create relationship and we create busyness and we create being together. Um, and so defining intimacy as something that we long for in relationship and then applying that to your intimate relationship with the father is taking that step of this isn't just, if I treat my relationship with God the way I treat my relationship with my friends, I would do nothing but sit and talk to you and tell you what I need. And yeah. that's what we treat God as. And and being able to use intimacy as a description for not just a relationship between man and woman, but a, a relationship between your friends and then apply that to the Father. I think that's like a whole other aspect of why intimacy is challenging is that we see it as something that isn't for just any relationship you know and i I see uh in my just the picture of mary and martha Mm -hmm. you know when mary's sitting at jesus's feet and you remember what martha was doing i mean she's just like a chicken with her head cut off and it's not that what martha was doing was bad right but her timing was bad Right. She's got the Savior right there, and Mary's just soaking it in. And Jesus said, hey, Martha, <laughs> you know, you need to chill a little bit here and just come and, and, and listen to what I have to say to you, Yeah, basically. Yeah, and Mary's chosen the better thing. Yes, absolutely. And, and so I think it's, it's, it's a challenge to choose that better thing because there's a lot of things just tugging on us. And so it's just we have to grow and learn and, and you know, involve surrender, obviously, of our will to just – be able to sit at Jesus's feet and and listen to what he has to say. You know, that's that 
intimacy. That's that uh, relationship of just listening. Right. And it's just countercultural. Absolutely. Like we're so busy. For us, for North American culture. Well, yes. Right. Exactly. And so for most of the people listening to the podcast, it'll be something. And that's why I think it's so difficult because we go into it going, this is something that I desire, but I don't know how to do this. And, And I think what Foster said is just sitting and listening and just saying, Lord, do you have anything to say to me? Yeah. And and that's just a great starting point. And it doesn't have to be this booming voice of of, you know, Garrett. You know, like it's not gonna happen that way most of the time, but it's a still quiet voice that comes through your thoughts, through other people. And so I don't want it to get this huge, like convoluted thing of like we're more spiritual or anything like that. We don't hear the Holy Spirit talk to us like that or or whatever. And right. so just wanting you guys to know if you're listening to this and you haven't ever done those things, like it's just going through having a normal conversation just as if uh, some people will even say, like I've heard them talk about, they literally will sit down and they'll put an empty chair like across the room and they'll sit there and they'll talk to Jesus as if he was sitting yeah, in that chair. Right, as right, is, you yeah. know. And the thing is, is I think so many times when we talk about intimacy, we we don't treat Jesus as if he's still alive today, yeah. you know, and still and, active and still in our active, lives. Yes. right, right. And so I think that's the thing is is just getting past all of that and just and turning off your cell phone, getting to a quiet place, and and having that moment because the thing is is like especially when we're talking about hearing God and all that stuff, he's not going to yell over the loudness of our life. And, and it's getting away, it's making that space. And even like married couples have date night and uh, dating couples have date night and have all these things. They set up all of these things to do what? To develop intimacy. But we don't take those same things. We don't take those same things that we're practicing in our own worldly relationships with our spouses, with our friends, with our fiancés or boyfriends. We don't, and it's the same thing, applying that strategy, applying that dedication and, and duty and, and all of that stuff, what happens when you set a date night and do all those dutiful things? They become a delight. Date night becomes a delight. Right. All of those things become a delight, and it's the same thing. And so just want to encourage you guys, if you're listening to the podcast and you've never really done any of this stuff or you don't know where to start, it's just silencing all the noise around you and trying to set a time aside for that interaction to happen with Jesus. And it's not going to, most of the time, it's not going to be this huge... A light bulb, mind blowing right. moment. It's just going to be a still small voice that you hear um, through through your mind and and all of those things. And so, thank you for listening to the Encounter YA podcast. Check out our show notes to connect with Foster and to find links to the resources mentioned. Join us next week to hear more from Foster, and be sure to connect with us in the meantime on social media at Encounter underscore C three. Thank you all so much for the ratings and reviews that you have left so far. It has been amazing to see how far God has spread our podcast and is already using it in people's lives. Your reviews help others see and discover our podcast online. And finally, here's a clip of the second part of Foster's interview that you can listen to next week. And I was cutting my grass one day. And this was the first inkling of of grace that God so generously just uh, revealed to me. Uh, 
to show you how long ago it was, I was listening to one of our pastors on a cassette. Yes. A lot of some of you listeners may not even know what a cassette <laughs> tape is. <laughs> and so I was listening to the pastor and he said, What's God's will for you? And immediately I got I went to my file folder in my head and, and there's certain things we know. God says, boom, 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 boom. This is my will for you. But he said, What's God's will? And I this, 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 this. And and then he said, God's will for you, if you're seeking to walk, like we said earlier, to walk in the Spirit's leadership, whatever you want to do. And immediately I said, mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> and in my mind, I'm thinking, that's too much freedom. 